from Relay FM. This is the Pen Addict, episode 259. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by my partner in crime and in not crime, Mr. Brad Daddy. Mm, I mostly run a criminal enterprise, Mike. Yeah. So but I only yeah. participate in some of that, you know? So, mm, so yeah. you know, I'm yeah. not completely like taken by the crime like you. <laughs> So, um, Raleigh, look out this weekend because I'm arriving and the police are on high alert yep. now that uh, I'm coming into town. So, it's it's Raleigh Penn show time. I think I'm ready. I'm not really sure at this point. This week has been a whirlwind, of course. Uh, it's always a whirlwind um, around here. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to finally get on the road tomorrow. Um, this is a this is a drive driving show mm. for me and my daughter's coming with me because school is out. We packed up everything at knock yesterday and we did a really poor job compared to what we did for Chicago because in Chicago I brought everything I possibly wanted in one giant duffel roller. I guess because I'm driving this time, I uh, played a little uh, fast and loose with the rules. Because not only do I have the duffel, same exact duffel roller, completely packed to the hilt, I also have another plastic bin completely full of stuff. So I don't know what I'm thinking. Um, I guess I just assume since I'm driving, I have more space, but I really don't. So um, it's going to be awesome, though. We have all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff. You can come see us at the knock table in Raleigh starting Friday. Even though there's there's trader days on. Thursday. So if you're around Thursday, there'll be people mingling. I won't get until the evening and probably set up Thursday night, but uh, be raring to roll on Friday through Sunday. You really are a traveling salesman these days, aren't you? I am. I am. And I'm actually okay with that. I I enjoy traveling. Um, It's not something as stressed out as I am. The actual traveling and show part don't bother me. Um, I, I don't mind airplanes or airports or road trips or any of that stuff, hotels, um, you know, none of that stuff bothers me too much. So I guess, I guess I'm used to it by this point and kind of have a system down, but this week there's just a lot of extra things going on that always get in the way of the planning and packaging. I'm a, I'm a stressful planner and packager. I'm not a stressful traveler, if that makes sense. I have a question for you in that, right? Like the more and more mm-hmm. of these that you do, is there a diminishing return? Like, are you st- is it still making financial sense for you to be taking all these trips to all these different shows? Yeah, that's a uh, a perfect question because we don't know. That's what we're trying to find out, right? This is this is the year we're trying to figure that out. Um, right. If Chicago's any indication, it's well worth our time. But yes, it it could be a diminishing returns thing where we don't have new things every time we show up somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's not how the business works. <laughs> you know, We have two or three big releases a year and then we'll mix in some small stuff um, here and there. But you also, the way I see it too, you're also getting out into new areas where people are not familiar with your stuff. Yeah, so, that's, that's the thing, right? But I mean, that's the thing that you need to find out is like, is it right. just a really large overlap of the same people or are you right. really getting in front of new people? And the money will tell you that eventually. Right. Right. So Chicago was a good mix of both. We had some great, you know, customers that have been with us since the beginning. And then we had just a huge amount of new people because they run a lot of people through the show. There's a big headcount at that show going through the door. So there's lots of new people being able to experience it. And me being able to tell people what we do is, is always fun. And, you know, even, you know, I don't, 
necessarily care. I mean, I'd love for everybody to buy something, but just me getting to tell the story that we exist and this is a thing, even whether someone buys it or not, is, is very useful, right, for the future. So it's working on that type of thing and figuring out, you know, does the bottom line justify the travel and time I'm away, right? That's where you don't know how to run the numbers because I'm essentially away for four to five days when I do this, right? So it doesn't, I can't just say, well, I covered my expenses and I made this much money. I'm also been away for four days, not doing my regular job or what I would be doing normally, right? So yep. it's, yeah, we're trying to figure that out. I don't have a, an answer for you yet, but I do understand the diminishing returns aspect of it because, you know, how many of the same color cases can I bring to every show? Well, the fact remains that there's new people at every show that have never seen our product and it's figuring out if there's enough every year to do that. So we'll see, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress right now. The results are super positive. So we're going to keep going. I mean, it obviously works for some people, right? Like it obviously does because there are people like, for example, the Van S and the Andersons, like they travel all over the country doing these things whilst also having successful brick and mortar and online stores. So then right. there must be financial sense for them to keep moving around, but mm-hmm. it's up to, it's you know, it, we've just yet to see if that's the case for for you right and right. that that as you say that's going to that will come out in the wash i think over the next 12 months or something like that i guess yeah i was going to say it's going to probably maybe around this time next year we'll have a a better idea you know it it's going to take a while because we only have three more shows this year that are planned so raleigh dc san francisco Right. right. So that just really kind of gives us a five show sample. I can kind of tell, I guess, from there. But yeah, I'd really want more. All right. So next week, we're going to be doing our top five pens of 2017. Mm-hmm. So like the top, our current top five. We haven't done this in a while. There's a, there's a funny mm-hmm. reason why we're doing it. We'll talk about that next time. Yeah, you shocked me with the show notes for next week, so that's going to be fun. <laughs> in advance of that, though, uh, maybe we should do something that we like to do every now and then, but try not to do too often. Talk about what we're using today as we record the show. So, Brad, what do you have in front of you today? So, this is always the most difficult question for me, the today aspect of things, because I use something different every day. So is it just what I grab today? Is it something I'm using regularly? So I, I'm just using what I grab today, which is kind of a common um, setup for me, if you will. I haven't used my Sean Newton Shinobi in a while. I realized that a few weeks ago when I was inking up some new pens and I missed that pen. I, I guess I'd started to been seeing them from, you know, my friends at like the Chicago pen show and seeing them floating around the tables. So I was like, Oh, I haven't inked up my Shinobi in a while. And I love the big eyedropper capacity of it. And just the huge amounts of ink you can pour into this thing. And it's just a comfortable pen for me. It fits my hand really well. The shape and weight of it um, fit me well. I of course got to pick out the colors. It's like a smoky gray barrel with a amber section and then I realized when we were talking about this and I put it in the show notes, I never reviewed this pen. Um, that happens to me from time to time. When I use a pen so much, I think I've reviewed it. And I went back to link it into the show notes today. So Mike could have something to refer to when building the show notes. Lo and behold, I've never reviewed this pen. 
I don't know why. I really enjoy it. I really like it. Um, it's a fun. It's just a fun pen to use. It's a very me pen. You know, I I love the the clear style and demonstrator style. I got a steel cursive italic nib on it, and it's just cool. I I love this pen. Do you have a Shinobi? I can't remember. Mm-mm. I don't. I don't have any new okay. pens. I have one on the way. Right. So you just have one on the way. A different yep. different shape. Though, yeah, a different, different shape. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's my pen I'm using, and I've actually been using it pretty regularly since I inked it up um, a couple of weeks ago. What's interesting about this pen is the ink that I used. It's a black ink, and I've been way off the black ink bandwagon for a long, long time. But there's an ink I discovered at the Los Angeles Pen Show working for Van S. This Kyoto inks, I forget the store's name in Kyoto. Um, but this particular black ink is called Kyo no Oto 01 Nureba Iro. And I don't know what that means, but this is a black ink that has a little bit of extra sheen color in it. It's not just a pitch black. It's very, very black, but it has some extra things that you don't normally see in a black ink. Like there's no gray really in colors but you kind of see like a bluish purplish reddish sheen sometime so and it's a very lubricated very nice ink to use in this fine cursive italic nib i don't know that i've used a black that i like more than this ink other than sailor nano black those are kind of that's kind of always been my main primary black ink this is a this is a fun ink i'm enjoying using black again because of this ink and uh i I really like it a lot and what I'm using to write on is probably the single most common thing that I write on when I'm at home. And it's the Notco dot dash A5 spiral pad. I have probably two or three of these active around the house. I have one sitting right here on my podcast desk. I have another one in the desk where all my junk lives. <laughs> and then there's another one floating around that my wife uses that we use for notes and different things like that. I think A5 is the perfect paper size. It's not too small. It's not too big. It's the right amount for everything. And I just, I lean towards A5 for everything if I can. It's not the most portable. Um, You know, it's a great notebook size and it's great to throw it in your bag and, you know, things like that. But it's not like a pocket notebook but it's not like a huge A4 pad either. I, I just love, love A5 size. I obviously love the top bound spiral. Um, you know, disclaimer, I own the company that makes these. So I feel like I have to say that every time because people don't know. But um, like we've discussed a thousand times, I make things I want to use. And if I didn't, that would be, uh, if, if it was something that I didn't feel was worth using, that would be a bad business model. And I, I just love this paper. I love the format. I love the grid. And I love the size and that it's a um, a top bound that you can just flip over. It really keeps the space on your desk under control instead of having a side, a side bound book when you're working on your desk. So sometimes you need that. Sometimes you don't. I just really, really like this format. And just A5, anything in general, is really wonderful. For absolutely no reason at all. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. going to make my selection a cliffhanger and uh, we'll take a break right now. 
I'm, bu- I'm building up unnecessary tension in the episode. Oh, wow, you, you must think you're special or something. I really don't. There's kind of not really anything super exciting, <laughs> but I figure why not make it a cliffhanger right now uh, and thank All Harry's right. for supporting this week's show. This is an important message for the people out there, Brad. This is a yes. reminder. This is a reminder. This is a helpful, helpful uh, sponsorship right now. Because uh, Harry's is here to remind you that Father's Day is just around the corner. And I think everybody has a dad in their life uh, that has, or like a, a, a grown-up in their life that is difficult to shop for, right? You, you want to get people, especially people that are older than you, uh, something that they'll want, something that will be useful for them, right? Like you want to be able to give them something that is fun, but that they'll actually get use out of and enjoy. And you've probably by now bought them all of the socks, screwdrivers, and golf tees that they're ever going to need. <laughs> well, fortunately, our friends over at Harry's have a special offer that both you and a dad in your life is going to love. You can get $5 off one of their shave sets, including the limited edition Father's Day set, by going to harrys.com slash penaddict. Harry's shave sets start at just $15. You get a razor handle, moisturizing shave gel, and three of Harry's five-blade precision-engineered razors. Their limited edition Father's Day shave set comes with a storm gray razor handle, chrome razor stand, foaming shave gel, three replacement blades, and a travel cover as well. Plus, it comes in a sleek, giftable box with the option to add custom engraving and a personalized card for free to give that little extra touch to the gift. Now, Brad, I believe that Harry's actually sent you two of these kits. Am I right? Yeah, so they hooked me up this year. Last year, I got one set, and I it was a perfect gift for my father-in-law, whose name happens to be Harry, because the top of the box says... Harry's shave set. So, so it was it's a just easy. Gift. You didn't even need the engraving or card. They did it for you. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. They took care of it. And I was also jealous because I didn't get the sweet chrome uh, razor stand that was in this in this box, which I think is a really cool thing to have on your counter in the bathroom. So I got two sets this year. Uh, my dad's going to get one this year. Oh. And I'm going to get one this year. So that's where they're going. So I got two sets. I'm finally going to get my razor stand, which I've never ordered. Uh, But I always thought it was a really, really cool idea to have in this set. And when I opened it up, the size of the foaming uh, shave gel they give you is gigantic. I like this is like some huge size of their of their uh, their regular shave gel. So it's really cool. The storm gray handle looks awesome, of course. And, you know, I'm ready to use the. uh, the little chrome stand on my on my counter starting soon. Special offer this week, which is really great if you want to buy one of these sets, one of these Father's Day sets. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict and you'll get $5 off any of Harry's shave sets. This is a limited time offer. Go to harrys.com slash penaddict and you can get $5 off and you'll also be helping support this show and making your gift buying that little bit easier. Thank you to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Dowdy. Are you ready? Right. I am ready. Well, I mean, it really isn't anything too exciting. Uh, it's probably I probably have said these exact things before, but uh, I'm today using a uh, my Sailor Pro Gear, my orange mm-hmm. Sailor Pro Gear. It's the only Pro Gear that I own, and I I want another Pro Gear. Right, like me and you were talking about this recently. 
Yeah. But my problem is the pro gears that I want are all these in crazy limited editions that you can't get your hands on for love nor money. Like that's what mm-hmm. I want now because I have the solid color one. I have, in my opinion, the best color, which is the orange. Like I, I remember I first saw this pen and my first Atlanta pen show, you showed it to me and I immediately mm-hmm. fell in love with the color. Like it yeah. is such a great orange. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, really want to get one of these special editions like the golden black bung box one or the pink mm-hmm. love one like I, this is what i want now so like i'm keeping my eye on it i i've spoken to some people about how you order these things from japan and i'm starting mm-hmm. to feel a little bit more confident in that but i'm still kind of really apprehensive of the whole thing because it seems like basically you have to hire someone to buy it for you is kind right. of the way that this works which is like a super weird thing and i know many people have done it but it's still like it's a, it's a step removed from my usual ordering process, right? Sure. Um, so I haven't I haven't gotten around to doing it yet, but I'm keeping my eye on it because I, I really want one of these awesome pro gears if I'm going to get another pro gear. Yeah, so I just wrote a note while you were saying that um, to email the sailor distributor. So you know what that means. Oh, yeah, you see... I gotta th- Cause I can I wait see for if that I can one. do one myself. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's possible, but there's they certainly doing it for a lot of people. Why not me? Yeah, I mean exactly. <laughs> Why not, Brad? Brad now the demand satisfaction sailor. You must provide. <laughs> oh, I don't it. mean it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't, but I enjoy saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. You're already so, getting me in trouble. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I think you know if they're gonna do these for anybody, they should be doing them for you first, right? Like I feel like that's how that should work. Like Brad, Brad gets mm. gets first dibs on on any and everything. No. You know? Do you not know Brad? Da- do you know who Brad Dowdy is? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I definitely don't play the "Do you know who I am" card. You should start playing it. People should people because people that's do know not... who you are. Anyway, so the ink obviously mm-hmm. that I have in this um, is Iroshizuku Fuyugaki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect pairing. The orange. Yeah. Um, they work yeah. so well together. They're very similar in color. Um, it's a perfect pairing. I will say, like, I don't want to uh, show my hand for next week, but I really do believe that for the money, a Sailor Pro Gear is the best pen you can buy on the market today. Like, that is my belief. You're not going to get much of a disagreement from me. I mean, there's some... It's a, It would be at a semantics type of level. Mm-hmm. That's how good a, the pen is. Yeah. I, I'm not going to disagree with you because it's it's just you know so like 200 you get them for like 200 you can pick them up for a little over little over that yeah it, it depends you can yeah and you can get some great colors right there are lots of options available. that's the best thing they have a bunch of demonstrator mm-hmm. models as well and the nibs are just they're just dreamy right like that yeah. it's just such a great experience to use yeah. these things yeah. um, what hard fine is where it's at I have a uh I think I have a medium, right? But the medium is is mm. finer for me than usual, right? Like, yeah. But it's it's just perfect. It's. I remember I bought this pen in Atlanta and I took it to Mike Masayama, and I mm. gave it to him, and he looked at the nib, he inspected the nib, and he was like, "I don't need to do anything." Yep. And I was like, "Good, all right, we got this." Yep. My notebook today, I can't talk about. Like I th- there, the show notes literally says redacted in it. Mm-hmm. So I thought he was just going to tease all of us and or tease me, then say it during the show. But you're literally not going to say it. I can't. It's a it's an unreleased product. I have a demo do unit. I, do do I have one of these? You have one of those. Okay, that's what I assumed it yeah. is. That's just mean. 
It's a demo. I'm being honest, right? I could have just said I was using uh, a byline or something, but I'm not today. I'm using an, an unreleased product, which I'm pretty excited about, and I'm looking forward to sharing it with people when the company in question releases it. Um, when are they going to release it? I don't know. Soon. Mm. It's a really good product. From we'll, a, we'll from an unexpected sure. source. Yeah, maybe we can actually set up an interview. Oh, yeah. When it, when it happens, we will be talking to the people in question, I'm sure. Mm. Now, I also need to make a notebook called Redacted. <laughs> so, in the future, people will just think that I'm using your notebook. Actually, uh, Austin Cleon probably already has that uh, handled. You know, he's the guy that marks out the books to tell the stories. You know what I'm talking about? No Where he takes a black marker about. to... Yeah, just look him up. All right. He takes a black marker to the words of a page and then tells a new story with the words left that are remaining. Mm. So Okay. I come out. Yeah, it's very cool. Titan, it's very cool. So, about yeah. Him. All right. So that's what I'm using today. I apologize for being that person. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't realize it was going to go full redaction, but mm-hmm. yeah, go for it. Look at you. Honesty yeah. is the best policy, even if it's frustrating. Sure, I agree. I agree. So, um, right. honesty was the best policy on this next product. This Mike. is all killing me, right? Like, <laughs> I didn't pick up an Aurora pen this year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i keep seeing them like the nebulosa Mm -hmm. right and i'm like like i want one they're they're very expensive right just in general i know that they're Mm -hmm. less expensive than they used to be but they are still Mm -hmm. they're still pretty expensive they're very expensive pens there's even with whatever price reductions u.s gets they're super expensive yeah they're like it's it's one of those things where i'm like this is a new pen for me right like i haven't really used one in in uh, really kind of a lot like I, a lot of detail like I haven't spent a lot of time with them and when I look at the prices of them I think of all of the other pens that I want mm-hmm. like that I know that I really want or stuff that I've tried you know like I look at the price of this and I'm like this looks real nice right we're talking about the Aurora 88 Minerali we'll talk about it in a second mm-hmm. right in more detail but just so mm-hmm. I can give a bit more context and this is beautiful the the neb is it nebulosa uh, what's that? The purple one. The purple is the Nebulosa. Yeah. Yes. Like I look at that too, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I really want one of those. But mm-hmm. it's, I think about like a Nakaya, mm-hmm. right? Because like something like the Nebulosa, it's like a couple of hundred dollars, if that difference between that and a Nakaya. And I'm like, yeah, like, I that, can't justify an, it, right? Right. Yeah, I agree completely, and. I look at the Minerali and I think, well, I've got two already. And as awesome as this looks, do I need to spend that money on a similar writing experience or a similar feel? Now it's a different look. And when I first saw this in Chicago, Brian from Ken- Kenro basically walked over and had it in his jacket pocket, you know, and pulled it out and just held it in front of me. And I was like, dang, give me that. And, um, because it looks so cool. And he told me the story of what it was. And Aurora is going to be doing a, at least four colors that he was telling me. So this is the blue one. Um, it's Azure uh, for Azurite blue. And the other ones I don't have complete confirmation on, but what he told me was you're going to get nebulosa finials. So you get the purples, mm. you'll get the Soleil finials which are the yellow that they released last year. 
and then the the red color, which I have in my other demonstrator. I, I don't know what that red color is called. So these are going to look great. Um, and they're limited edition, three hundred and thirty three. So you know they're going to be expensive. I can't. I don't even recall the price point. They may not even had it at the time. But I said, can I take pictures of them? And so I just I just toss them down on the table and try to take. They're not great quality pictures. And uh, I got up to the room that night and I was writing the newsletter for the Panatic members about the show. And I was going to include that in there. Then I said, you know what? I never asked Brian if I could share this. <laughs> and I'm careful about that kind of stuff. And I texted him and I said, hey, can I share these pictures? And he's like, you know what? I don't know. Let me find out and I'll tell you. And turns out I couldn't. So I was glad I asked. And then he uh, texted me yesterday. He said, hey, you can release those pictures because they have all the details out now. So they'll probably be pricing and and all that stuff out. I think they're coming out next month, late next month, early July, something like that. But mm. The, sh- the shape of this pen is awesome. The colors they're going to come in are fantastic. I think it looks great. It's a great looking um, pen. It really is. Yeah, I just like I just like those, the shape and the feel of those pens, and especially the nibs. I really like their nibs. So yeah, the uh, that's going to be a new release this year, and it just kind of came up out of the blue. <sighs> hmm. They're gonna they get you, man. They these pen companies they get you. Especially if they except, do ex- like that demonstrator one with the Nebulosa finial, like that's gonna be yeah. real hard for me to turn away. Because I yeah. really like the Nebulosa, but the only thing that I go back on is I think it's too it can be a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's mm-hmm. it I, f- I would like it whilst it's incredibly beautiful, it feels like maybe at mm-hmm. times when I look at it, I'm like that's a, there's a there's a that's quite overstated, right? Like there's a lot of it yeah. going on. Um, but just yeah. having like a hint of that might be really interesting. Um, yep. oh, oh dear. Yeah. So as as good as Aurora is in in all things pen related, there's another company, Mike, mm. that in the show notes, I just called them dumb. All Lamy right. is dumb. Okay. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, they're just, they've confused me for the last couple of years. There's so many things that they've done that we've had to question. And this one, their explanation makes sense to a degree. So what the issue is, is Lamy is no longer providing extra fine nibs to the United States market. Okay. It seems like a very strange thing to say or to do. Actually, we should just say to do because they're doing it. It's done. Basically, Lamy is saying we don't have enough ability to manufacture enough EF nibs because they take a little extra work. So therefore all the extra fine nibs, we're going to focus on markets that are better than yours, which are Europe and Asia. I'm okay. I, I guess, I mean, as a business, you got to make those decisions. It's just weird to me. Like, I don't know. I would think they would be able to um, hmm. fix their production, pull from something else to make the extra fine nibs happen because that's a pretty common nib. Yeah, yeah. steel extra fine nibs. I should I should clarify. Uh-huh. Not the gold, not the gold nibs, but the common extra fine nibs. Okay. I, in the end, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's probably more overstated than actual effect that it'll have. 
you know, people have lots of extra fine nibs, you know, they've been common for years. You can swap them in and out. It's probably not going to be a big deal, but Lamy just keeps doing weird things. And it's just a weird company right now. I, I just don't get them sometimes, you know, let me play devil's advocate on this one, right? Sure, sure. I'm, so, not, I'm not that opposed to it. I mean, it is what it is. They, you know, they're obviously having production constraints, right? Like, which happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter how big a company is, you can have production constraints, right? Like, you know, you have them, Apple has them, right? Like, this stuff can happen. And like, ideally, mm-hmm. they would like to be able to offer their entire product line everywhere, but they can't. Mm-hmm. My thinking is, they know their sales numbers, Right. If right. the U.S. Oh, yeah. was their one of their biggest, if not their biggest market for extra fine, they would continue mm-hmm. offering it here, right? Like, they are clearly prioritizing on customer taste. Yep, I agree 100%. Like, I, I can't really knock the decision from a business perspective. I just, it's just, it's another thing in a long line of things recently with Lamy. That's all. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think if this was in a vacuum, it maybe wouldn't. Mm-hmm rub grind your gears so much yeah and but it doesn't even do that but yeah but you know like to the point where like you, we would even maybe bring it up right but it's because right, they've right. been doing some really weird like unexplainable things like when they cut that right. supplier off recently and you know right like, just like strange stuff like their marketing and product development has been weird in places right like when they mm-hmm. repackage that ink and yeah, called it something right. else um, when exactly. they, you know, like the 2000 limited edition was just an absolute disappointment yeah. and nobody could discount them. So people were having to give away pens just to get rid of their stock, yep. right? Like yep. it was a, it was a bit of a nightmare. So like coupled with all of that, this is a weird thing. But I think on its own, th- to me, like this just seems like a company repositioning their offerings based on customer demand. And frankly, yes. like, if you're super interested in getting extra fine nibs, like, everybody already knows at least one retailer they would be able to continue getting them from. It's just not going to be yeah. one based in the U.S., right? Right. You, you'd have to get them maybe from jet pens or something like that if they would even get hold of them. I don't know. But, you know, like, there is a, you know, everyone's going to have a company. I mean, get them from Colt Pens, right? They're in the U.K. They will ship to the U.S. Like, th- there, there are other options, but it is just an added frustration, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to not be able to get an extra fine nib if they want it. And, you know, they said they'll eventually come back when they can fix their capacity. But like I said, it, it's on a business on a business level. It makes complete sense on just a perception level in the grand scheme of all the goofy stuff they've done. recently. Trend. It's just another mark on that makes you question what's going on over there. Yeah, it's a trend for them right now. Right. Like in the end. What are they up yeah, to? It, yeah, in the end, no big deal. You'll, I mean, everyone will be able to get extra fine nibs pretty much. If you're in this, if you're listening to this podcast, you know how to get Lamy <laughs> extra fine nibs. So no worries, but just another oddity, weird thing. So just wanted to bring that up because that was a, that was a new, new thing that happened last week. So for us TPA last week, you were talking, we were talking a lot about kind of, working online and, and you were focusing because of the questions that we were receiving on pen blogging, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously a thing that you know something about, you know, mm-hmm. you have you have a little bit of experience in that in that realm. Mm-hmm. I should say podcaster first, uh blogger mm-hmm. blogger second, right? Like that's how, that's yeah, how it I, is now. I dabble. Uh-huh. Yeah, you dabble. I dabble. You dabble. Mm-hmm. And uh 
it got me thinking because we got quite a lot of feedback that people were interested. I think a lot of people that listen to the show, you know, you have all these pens, you have all this money that you mm. spend on pens. You want to do something with them, right? Like, and sometimes mm. it's showing them off to people, and some people do that on Instagram. But a lot of people, and this has been a thing over the history of this show, a lot of people start their own pen blogs, right, to to show off their right. stuff, to talk about what they like, which is something that me and you thoroughly encourage, and I think that we have right. uh, over the whole time. Yeah, it's a very sharing hobby that mm-hmm. we're all involved in. You want to show these things and talk about them. There was a there was a segment a long time ago on the show where we did a pen blog of the week. Do you remember that? Absolutely. That, and that, that was, was long running, right? That yeah. was like a th- that was like a big thing that we used to do, which just popped into my head. It's funny to me that I forgot about that. Yeah, I've totally that forgotten too. that we used to do that. That that's amazing. Yep. So I wanted to ask of you a little to get a little bit more like processy. Like I want to understand the tools and systems that you're using these days to manage the penaddict.com empire, right? Like <laughs> okay. You know. So yeah. what apps do you currently use on your devices to write? So right now I'm exclusively using Bear. Oh. Before that, I'm all on on Apple stuff, mm-hmm. so Mac, OS X, iOS. So I want something that's cross-platform and before Bear existed or even while bear existed i had been using ulysses ulysses was an app that was designed perfectly for me because i love hierarchical um folders and being able to see that in your writing software in that type of thing like i i love how ulysses was set up and you know it had a couple little quirks that didn't work great with the way i like to write in markdown and the way it exports things it was easy to work around. It wasn't perfect, but it was as perfect as perfect could get. Um, then Bear came, and I, I downloaded it, and I was like, oh, this is great for notes. And then I found, I just started finding myself opening that app more to write a little bit longer things in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also cross-platform. You know, I can use it on my uh, cross-device. I can sync it across iCloud and have all my files where I need. And the way they do their tagging system, I can just put in hashtags for the topics and that becomes essentially my folder hierarchy for reviews, sponsors, podcast. And I can keep all that in one place. Like I would never use Ulysses for podcast notes. Ulysses was for writing reviews, writing the newsletter. Bear is for writing reviews, writing the newsletter. Oh, and I can open up a short note to list out the color specifications for the new knock cases that we're making. And it's all in one place. Mm -hmm. And that's what turned me over to Bear completely. Ulysses is off my home screen and off my menu bar or or off my dock on my computer completely now because I can do everything in Bear. Like I wrote last week's newsletter... I wrote half of I wrote the beginning of last week's newsletter on my phone. Um like the first draft of it as I was driving in a car or 2 weeks ago uh, driving in a car to North Carolina. And I could do that with Ulysses, but everything else I can do with Bear makes it more useful for me because now I can use it for quick notes and long form writing. So that's the only app I write in these days. 
Yeah, I, I, it's interesting that you use Bear to me. Like it was, it was unexpected because I knew that you were using Ulysses, and I thought you were going to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Bear, because Bear is like primarily a note-taking app rather than like a word mm-hmm. processor, which Ulysses yeah. is. Yeah, I, I. Bear does it better. Bear does Markdown better, in my opinion. The way it folds the text the way it exports it into a perfectly usable format. Not that Ulysses doesn't, but there were some of the ways Ulysses manipulated Markdown in the window, mm. and maybe there were some other settings I could use. I didn't, it is a little bit I don't weird. like that as, yeah, I don't like that as, as much as the way Bear does it. And I have to write in Markdown now. I, yeah. I, I can't not do it. Markdown is like, a, it's like a, a writing format, in case you're not familiar. Um, which allows you to type in and, and add into like into plain text a bunch of formatting like bold and italics and also to maybe add in URLs but without actually doing any rich text formatting formatting it's all plain text and you use a bunch of symbols and stuff to put that in there I'll include some links in the show notes it's a great way to write if you're writing for the web mm-hmm. um, and I write markdown whenever I write anything and so do you so do many people that we know um, I really really recommend it as a as a method of um, of, of writing, especially if you're writing for the web. Yeah, and once you start, you you won't be able to go back to it's very how you did it before. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. And you get frustrated when you can't use it. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm using any kind of tech application that processes text in some way, I mm-hmm. want to be able to use Markdown. And if it doesn't support Markdown, I'll still write in it anyway because it's perfectly readable. Right. Exactly. So what devices do you find yourself writing on the most? I'm pretty much, I have a a 13 inch MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. That's majority of my writing. I tried the the iPad with external keyboard thing. That doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. It's just not my style. And like I said, I do maybe 10% of the writing on my phone. Like I did a huge chunk just out of necessity, you know, a couple of weeks ago in general, I'll just um, uh, bang it out on my laptop. You know, the 13 inch format laptop is perfect for me. I can carry it everywhere. Um, it's the reason <laughs> my laptop is the reason why we made the Lanier <laughs> because I wanted something to carry it in, but just it and then a couple more things. So, yeah, it's um, that's my primary writing device from a um, you know, digital standpoint. You know, I, I, I will write some rough drafts and notes in various notebooks and things like that, but sure, from a um, you know, from a computer standpoint, it's 90% on my laptop. You, from a services perspective, you're still using Squarespace, right? You use that for the blog. Yeah, Squarespace is just easy for me. I'm I'm a very technical person, but I don't want to be if I don't have to. Yeah. Right? I don't want to go in and fidget with stuff all day long. I can figure it out. I can do it. I don't want to do it because I don't want to waste that time. Um. In Squarespace, I've been on Squarespace for I don't even know how long. Um, I'd have to go back and look. Since Squarespace version 5 was a thing, and that was a while ago. The best thing for me is they import Markdown. I just select my little box is defaulted to Markdown. I copy my Markdown text in it, throw in some images, schedule the post, and I'm done. Like I can, I can get a post up, you know, from one of the other writers in like 10 minutes, you know, after I've edited it, you know, I'll edit it in bear 
you know, I'll open the files in Bear and, you know, check everything out, get it edited, get it the formatting done, and then I can have it all set up in Squarespace. It's yeah. it's just too easy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, there's not, yeah, I mean, it's great for me. I, I love it. And for the, I guess the newsletter is a big part of the process now. It's a big part of the stack. I guess the majority of yeah. your writing these days goes into refill. I think. Yeah, that's a huge amount of, that's a huge time commitment every week. So like I mark Friday off my calendar is exclusively for refill writing. I try not to plan anything else on Fridays because it takes so much time. And refill um, is the best newsletter around. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, and it is available to anybody by going to penaddict.com slash members, sign up for a membership and you get the best weekly newsletter that is published on the internet. Did you read last week's issue? Yeah. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Yeah, I read every, I, honestly, man, I read every single issue. <laughs> um, so last week I did um, basically a recap of the Lanier Kickstarter from Knox mm-hmm. perspective and the pros and cons and how that went. So it was really you know, interesting. If anyone has any feedback on that, I I was I wasn't sure should I write that or should I not, but I figured I guess I could. There was and, a lot uh, of detail. The people like which I quite liked. Yeah, yeah. And it helped me clear my head a little bit, which is one of the things I talked about. So anyway, I use MailChimp for the newsletter. MailChimp's a pain in the butt. I'm just going to say it. You are not the first person that I have heard this from recently. Yeah. But it's kind of your only choice. Yes, I know there are other options. But MailChimp is the best. MailChimp integrates with my membership service, which is Memberful, which they are wonderful. That service is awesome. And it integrates into MailChimp. It enjoy it enjoys. <laughs> it manages the members like as it they enjoys as to new members. Them, it know? enjoys the, to manage them as members come and go. It keeps the list up to date, right? So I don't have to do anything. Like that's why I'm using MailChimp. But the interface is just janky and it's screwy, and I can't do markdown in it, and it's a pain in my butt. Um. But it's kind of the best thing going, you know. Um, there's so many things they do wrong with the UI that, and I'm not a UI designer, but it's just very basic level stuff that is constantly screwed up. Um, you should look at I, Campaign Monitor. I know. I mean, that's the second choice, right? Yeah, we use them Memberful, for hours. I don't know. Does Memberful integrate with Campaign Monitor? Yeah. Okay, I'll have to look at it. You should look at it and maybe so, talk to Steven because he yeah. he takes care of the membership stuff for us and we use Campaign Monitor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie, I have a soft spot for MailChimp because they're an Atlanta company. They're a great company um, too. They are. Some, but, of my, yeah. some of my good friends work there, but I yell at them all the time because the interface for actually creating is severely lacking. You know, where they win is all the other stuff, right? All the tracking and monitoring. But I don't need that. Like, I don't track anyone's stuff in newsletters, right? I don't need to see, did I get sales conversions or click-throughs? Like, I have everything turned off that I can possibly have turned off for the member's newsletter. It's just the interface is very painful to use. Yeah. It's the, just, it's painful. Uh, the, the impression I get as well is that they change it a lot with kind of no real explanation. Yep, I had to I I had to open a ticket like a month ago. I remember because they changed something that just broke all kinds of things, and and they and they they had found it already. But um, yeah, 
it's yeah, frustrating. It's kind of, I mean, the end result looks good, mm-hmm. but it's a challenge to put it in there yeah. to to make the end result. If that makes sense, no, it makes it makes perfect sense. How do you mm-hmm. feel about your photography skills recently? I mean, they exist. <laughs> I don't know that they're good. <laughs> I take pictures. I can there's, confirm that. There's some level. There's some level of picture taking. Uh-huh. I, I feel better about it because I'm really good with the iPhone now, and I'm really good with Visco. They finally stopped being stupid with their UI decisions, and I can use it better. I had to give them up a while ago. Um, they've done some better things recently. So I shoot and edit everything on my iPhone uh, mm. 7 plus is that what it's called seven i plus? think so it depends what model you yeah. have but I'm the big one it. i have the yeah. big one the, the seven s yeah the, the correct big one. one yeah the plus the plus club mm-hmm. so that's what my phone's called plus club um yeah everything's done on there and then i just i just airdrop the edited images to my laptop and then produce everything that way it's but it's all shot and edited on my phone i was gonna say i have a good area now to shoot in my house that has good lighting and i got some uh, good backgrounds and I need to change it up a little more. I'm getting, they're kind of too boring, kind of the same thing all the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have a good area, a good lighting area to shoot. And I still have my orange monkey light box, the Foldio two, which is a fantastic product. Um, that's a good one when I want to do light box stuff, but it's still all with my phone and Visco. You mentioned that you set aside a bunch of time, uh, for writing, refill on a friday right you mm. just take the whole time mm. and you're like this is what i'm doing do you do do you set aside time like that for pen addict writing or is that kind of just when the mood strikes no it's a uh, sunday i write my biggest writing days are sunday and friday okay i usually set a uh, set aside like a good half day four to six hours every sunday to get pen addict ready for the following week whether that's you know writing a pen you know or a product review that you know i've had you know, I'll have the products in use like on my desk and taking them with me. And then when it's time to actually write the review, that's almost always done on Sundays because I rarely have time during the week to get ahead. I never have more than one week's post written these days where I used to do more. Um, And then I plan out the week on Sunday for that. So... Yeah, Sundays and Fridays are dedicated to writing, and then I fit in other things when I can. Like, I do uh, the other editing, like, for all of Jeff, Susan's, and Sarah's posts in the evenings. Um, But that doesn't take as long as when I just have to write uh, myself. So, yeah, I usually do all that on Sunday. That's pretty much dedicated. Sundays and Fridays. It's interesting to hear, you know, when I talk about this, and like you mentioned, kind of... You know, it, that that pen addict maybe takes up 20% of your week, right? Like the the, the writing of the blog. I don't mm-hmm. think this is what we imagined, right? Like five years ago, that like the day that Brad Dowdy quits his job, what will he be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like I think in both of our minds, it was like, well, he'll just be writing the pen addict full time. Right, right. You know? Yeah, exactly. But like, it's just a funny way that things have turned out where like really, funnily enough, the pen addict is still your side gig. <laughs> uh it's about e- equivalent i'd say i'd say pen addict and knock take about an equivalent amount of time every week okay but you know what i mean like it but it still feels i don't know like it, but yeah yeah i see what you're saying i see what you're saying it's not, I'm not writing thing. it well it's not all me all the time yeah yeah exactly right. it's it's yeah there's just something funny about that to me you know yeah kind of like <laughs> yep 
Brad, I want to ask you one last thing about this, and then then we can wrap up mm-hmm. this uh, this topic for a while. But I feel like it's nice to go over these things every now and then for 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 the aspiring Brad Dowdies in the audience. If you could give one piece of advice of any kind to people that are interested in starting a pen blog, what would it be? To make sure it's fun. Mm. You know, you have to have fun while you do this. If sometimes writing, if you think writing a product review is a chore or writing about a certain topic is a chore, it's going to get old pretty quick. You have to really have a passion for it and have fun, you know, while you're doing it, you know, impart that fun into what you're writing, you know, to make people smile and find some interesting tidbits of information because there were times in the past where I didn't have fun and you've been involved in that, right? Where I was just overly stressed and, you know, I, this was way before Panatic was a business or any of that stuff where just the specter of writing two or three posts a week was no longer fun. And I've had to stop and assess. And the thing I always found out whenever I took a break in the past was that I missed it. And once I realized how much I missed it, then I was able to go full bore into it. But you got to have fun. Like if you're not having fun, it comes across the page. It comes across in your tweets and your Instagrams. It, if it's a chore for you, it's going to show and people aren't going to like that. So you got to have fun and be honest, you know, to, that's, that's exactly. two things. Have to, fun and be honest. To piggyback on that a little bit is that like if you want to do this, be prepared to do this. It's just a hobby and never to make any money out of it. Absolutely. Right. Because if you're Absolutely. going into this with the expectation of like, I'll be able to make some money, even a little bit of money, or I'll be able to get free yeah. products, then it's going to become a chore for you real quick. Because the amount of people yeah. who do, it's very slim because there's only so much money to go around. Right. And it's not necessarily about your talent, but there are opportunities. You know, it's difficult. Yeah. And I don't want to dissuade anyone from doing this. I think you should do it. You should do what exactly what Mike says. You have to go into it doing it for yourself and wanting to share and be part of the community. You know, I never intended for this to be my job. It'll be 10 years that the blog started in November this year. And I probably didn't like make any money like that was of significance probably for seven or eight years. Right. And if just the blog was my job, I wouldn't make enough still to you know live you know with, with my family and to i would ha- i would need a regular job if i didn't have the podcast and knock right the pen addict will never sustain me and my family on yeah. its own it just never will and let, let's put this into perspective the pen addict is the biggest one right so like just bear that Assumedly. in mind right. you know i think yeah. i think oh, i think so you know like who's who else mm-hmm. so like it's just worth thinking about like you know this is part of what Brad does and it would be if yeah. you start your own blog it'll be part of what you do and the rest of it will be probably what you're currently doing so like just go mm-hmm. into this with like I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it to share and if anybody reads that's fine if they don't then it doesn't matter mm-hmm. right like and it was the same thing for right. me with podcasting I just really wanted to do it because I thought it would be a fun way to share my thoughts and 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 experiences with a couple of friends and then over a couple of years kind of got to the point where I was like, now I really am focused on making this a business because I feel like I can do it. But it took years for me to get to that point. And up until that point, 
I didn't care about busting my butt every day to work like an extra mm-hmm. six hours to do this, to do the shows because I loved it. And if you don't have that right. love for it, then then it's better for you to not do it, right? Like if right. you if you if you don't feel like you're going to go and do like this thing that you really want to do, like that you love, then then I recommend not trying it because you you probably won't get a lot out of it. You won't get out of it what you think, you know? Right. So Punky said it good in the chat room just now. And I think it's a very good statement, even though like I have a business behind me now, I do this because I can't not do it. Like this is what I do. It is part of me. Yep. I also feel that's why I'm successful at it. If I can, you know, people like to say that I have an ego or I'm too big for my britches, but it's because I work hard at it and I believe this is what I should be doing. So I'm going to keep doing it because I can't not do it. Right. I'm at that point where this is my life and I fully believe in it. I'm fully committed to it. I don't do this just to make money. I do this because I have to do it right from a a mental perspective. Like I feel this is, it's, it sounds stupid to say, but it feels like this is my calling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since I was a little kid. So I don't know we got a little meta here, but uh, I, I just, I, I have very strong beliefs about what I do and I'm going to keep doing it because I can't not do it. It's a beautiful way to put it. All right. Next week, we're going back to all pens all the time. We're going to do our top fives. My Brad has a top five. I have a top five. We're going to talk about this. Them. Is going to be funny. That's going to be funny. It's going to be funny and it's going to be interesting. So, if you have any questions for us, you can always tweet with the hashtag AskTPA, and they'll go into a spreadsheet for us, and we could pick them up. And we think we might do some of those over the next couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. Don't forget about the wiki, stationary.wiki. It continues to grow, and it's a great resource, which is only going to get better over time but it needs your involvement. If you're interested, go ahead, take a look at what's there and start filling some stuff out. And we have the subreddit as well, reddit.com slash r slash penaddict. You can find Brad online. He is over at penaddict.com, knock.co. He's dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Our show notes for today are at relay.fm slash penaddict slash 259. And I'd like to thank Harry's for their support of this show. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.